The Hamlet Podcast, episode 69. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. This week, I'm coming to you with two short episodes just for the sake of a neat conclusion to the play that will coincide with the end of the calendar year 2023. So if you're listening in real time, you can enjoy these two segments just about back to back as we discuss Act 5, Scene 7. The battle is well underway now, and this scene follows hard upon the previous, introduced in the stage directions with more alarums. I don't know if I've ever explained this word before, but alarum, the Shakespearean version, and our own word alarm, both come from the Italian battle cry al army, or two arms. It was quite literally a call to arms, this battle cry to warn of imminent danger. When we get it as a stage direction, it is an indication of battle cries and noises, giving the sense of an ongoing conflict and noisy military excitement. So the scene begins with alarums, and Macbeth enters alone. He speaks, showing us that he's still convinced of his security, thanks to the prophecies he heard from the witches' apparitions. They have tied me to the stake. I cannot fly. But, bear-like, I must fight the course. What's he that was not born of woman? Such a one am I to fear, or none. This is quite an extraordinary line. Macbeth likens himself to a bear in one of the baiting pits that competed for audiences with the theatres along the banks of the Thames. We've had the image of bear-baiting before, and it crops up in several other plays. It was quite a popular image. What's fascinating is that Macbeth's own self-perception is changing. Much earlier in the play, we had him likening himself almost to an actor. If you'd like to revisit that, you can return to the episodes that cover the morning after Duncan's murder, around episodes 24 and 25. A few episodes ago, more recently, the image of actors performing was reduced to meaninglessness, of sound and fury signifying nothing. But now Macbeth has shifted, and instead he's likening himself to a bear in a pit. It's an image of someone or something with no escape ahead, tied up in a pit and with dogs ready to attack. Now, Shakespeare has spent so much of this play milking words for every possible meaning, so we need to consider all possibilities here. Macbeth is hinting at forbearance, of bearing his troubles as he fights the course, There's even an echo of Christ's own passion in the image of being tied to a stake, or indeed of a witch being burned. Witches are never far away. Does Macbeth think of himself as a martyr, or as a fairground entertainment, and not even the real thing? He's bear-like, but doesn't seem to think that he's a real bear himself. He's still only an actor pretending. But nobly, he feels, he will fight on. They've tied me to a stake. I cannot fly, but bear-like, I must fight the course. He clings to the one hope that none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. He wonders if there's anyone like that to be found. He only has to fear such a man, or else he need fear no one at all. What's he that was not born of woman? Such a one am I to fear, or none. Next, young Seward enters. Malcolm's cousin, that is, and understandably, having come from Northumberland, 
he doesn't recognise Macbeth. Naturally enough, he asks, What is thy name? Macbeth answers slyly, Thou'lt be afraid to hear it. But young Seward is brave and keeps the banter going. He says, No, though thou callest thyself a hotter name than any is in hell. The book of Revelation suggested that hell was dominated by a lake of fire, so it is a very common assumption that hell is hot. Seward plays with this image, insisting that he won't fear this opponent even if he's got the name of one of the hottest demons in all of hell. As if testing the younger soldier's mettle, Macbeth reveals himself. My name's Macbeth. Wandering into face-to-face contact with the enemy leader might rattle a lesser man, but young Seward holds his nerve and answers with more fighting words. The devil himself could not pronounce a title more hateful to mine ear. It's not great poetry, but it's still very brave of him. Macbeth answers by completing his line of verse. No, nor more fearful. He's telling the younger man to be afraid, that he is a very dangerous opponent. But Seward replies, Thou liest, abhorred tyrant. With my sword I'll prove the lie thou speak'st. Young Seward is very brave here, and is the first person in the play to call Macbeth a tyrant to his face. The idea bubbled up and grew in confidence through the previous acts, and more and more people referred to Macbeth as a tyrant. But here is the first time it's been said directly to him, and not just a tyrant, but an abhorred or hated one. Seward is defiant. He tells Macbeth he's lying, and that with his sword he'll prove it, that Macbeth, the tyrant, does not frighten him. Thou liest, abhorred tyrant, With my sword I'll prove the lie thou speak'st. And so they fight. But Macbeth is perhaps even more fearless, and certainly more desperate, and in this instance the bear beats the attacking dog. Young Seward is slain. With no little contempt, Macbeth even gloats afterwards. Thou was born of woman. But swords I smile at, weapons laugh to scorn, brandished by man that's of a woman born. Yet another rhyming couplet gives Macbeth the momentum to charge off, re-energised by this kill. He can smile at swords, the opposite of showing fear, and likely laugh at any weapon brandished in the hands of a man of woman born. It feels desperate, his clinging to this mantra. Surely a loophole is coming. The body of young Seward presents something of a problem. Some editions might suggest that Macbeth can drag it off with him, but this feels more like a staging solution than something the character would do. Surely Macbeth doesn't have time to do so in the middle of an onslaught like this. But it is a problem that does need to be solved for reasons we will encounter in the second half of the scene, coming up very shortly in the next episode.